I'd like to start this episode with an apology. I took a break and just didn't tell anyone. The last episode about the Mike Matthews song and the union busting frankly did really, really well, but don't worry, nothing negative there played into my absence. What did take me offline was a few weekends of travel in a row, having to learn two sets of new songs and filing some demos before a deadline. Welcome to Get Offset. My name is Emily, and it's so nice to see your beautiful face once again. Uh, First things first, on December 2nd, I was in Oklahoma City for the Old Blood Noise Endeavors hosted Effector Market. A ton of great brands were there, and I was convinced to go by Heather Brown from Heather Brown Electronicals. I had a stellar weekend hanging out with her, staying in a hotel that used to be a model tea factory, and hanging with friends old and new. But uh, first, I had to wake up at like 5 a.m. You see, there's exactly one direct flight to Oklahoma City from Seattle each day, and uh, it's at like 7.30 in the morning. As flight options were limited, I wasn't too surprised to see Chris Benson and some of his folk on my flight. I mean, I knew Chris was going to be on the flight. We talked about it a few days prior, but his team members were pretty confused to see him get on the plane and seemingly hug a complete stranger. Uh, It's okay. We were all short on sleep. Their connection from Portland had them up a few hours earlier than me. So it was my first time in Oklahoma City, and it was honestly great. A little drab downtown, a lot of tan buildings and stuff, but the weather was nice, and the first night there, there was a cat at the hotel bar named Beans. What else could a girl ask for? There was a get-together at the Old Blood headquarters the night before the Effector Marketplace, and Brady, Blake, and the rest of the team, Dan, all of them, uh, graciously invited me out. I even got to film one of the many great cameos for their adventurous and super creative video for their new dual reverb pedal, the Dark Light, and that is the Dark Star on one side and the Sunlight on the other. I didn't get to play one, but the idea is awesome. Uh, It's $80 cheaper than buying them both separately, and you can control the stereo spread. And, you know, everybody wants more stereo pedals from Old Blood. What I really want to do is take that and put it after their beam splitter, which can run in Trario, <laughs> and uh, put the the sunlight, I'm sorry, the um, dark light on one side of, uh, <laughs> on, let's say on two of the three, on two of the three outputs. I think that'd be really, really cool. But a lot of that video for the dark light was shot in what used to be the theater for the Oklahoma Opry, and it really looked like the Opry had left in a hurry. There were still signs for the Oklahoma Opry on the building, like on the outside and in the parking lot. Signs that probably wouldn't be super easy to remove. It was a reminder to me that all of our cities have these weird hidden treasures like that, especially the older ones. This was a full theater with padded seats and a balcony. Sometimes places, kind of extraordinary places, close shop and nothing ever fills it. I I really hope that theater sees another 
life. I don't know if the the old blood folk would do anything. They have another more contemporary venue attached to that building as well. And there was a hardcore show, show that, there that night and it sounded uh, sounded really, really good. But um, it kind of reminded me of when I lived in Nashville. There was, well, there still is, a theater called The Bell Court. And it actually hosted the Nashville Opry for a few years. And it was a kind of place that fell into disrepair. It was abandoned. And now it has a new life as a movie theater. And that's something that I think is, you know, really, really cool. Would love, I just, I just want to see places for the arts. It really makes me sad to see venues just just become become nothing. But yeah, I mean, I was happy to see so many familiar faces that night, uh, including some friends I hadn't seen in a literal year, if not longer. And this was before the event even kicked off. We ended up hanging out and talking until pretty late in the night. I was pretty thrilled to get back to the hotel. And then predictably just could not sleep. Uh, But the next day I rallied. I went to a coffee shop around the corner, had half of perhaps the the worst breakfast taco I'd ever had in my life and um, got picked up by Heather. And we rolled in around 11 a.m., an hour before the doors, uh, the day of the effector market. I got to talk to John Snyder from Electronic Audio Experiments. First, he's just such a great, smart, brilliant person. And he brought a very heavy, very cool aluminum guitar. I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't check out his pedals this time. I had checked them out last, I think it was probably March or April during the NAM effector market. Um, but I did get to check out some brands that were new to me, including non-human audio. And I really liked their, their stuff that I got to check out. So I really hope to play more of it. I'm a little embarrassed to say I'd never played a pedal by Beatronics before. Um, so I was really thrilled to get the rundown from Philippe himself. I'd heard that their zombie was wild, but I had no idea how much that pedal is capable of. I'd always heard it was a fuzz with a filter uh, that is really, really underselling the capabilities of it. It's one of those pedals that blows your mind because it's almost more of an instrument than a pedal. And just watching Philippe uh, just run through everything at lightning speed, all of these different kinds of sounds coming out of it, uh, was really, really impressive. So I'm hoping to check out some more more of his stuff in the future. Um, one I was really curious about, I, I have had kind of mixed feelings about the lossy, the Chase Bliss lossy, but I got to play it and yeah, it, it, it's great. Uh, let me tell you something, that thing with dirt in front of it was super, super cool. I'll have to remind myself to see if I can check one out for longer. My demo backlog is finally shrinking. I've been saying no to a lot of stuff, so I hope to be able to take on more projects uh, pretty soon. But yeah, I mean, it was a great weekend of hanging out with pedal folk, a couple of the demo folk, meeting them and their pets in person. One person (laughs) uh, walked in with his wife and they had a pug in their arms. 
And they said that they had just bought it for like, I think, 80 to $125 from just some, some people on the street. They thought it was stolen, but uh, it turns out that the dog wasn't shipped. So now it's theirs. But that was really, really cool seeing seeing this little this little dog just running around. Oh, man. I love people. I love their pets. Uh, I hope Old Blood, Noise, and all these other brands do this again sometime. Uh, it sounds like they want to. The venue was great, too. They hosted um, the the one I had been to before at a sandwich shop in Anaheim during NAMM. And it was, it was really fun early, and the sandwiches were awesome. Uh, but I heard it got a little overpacked in the later hours, which doesn't surprise me. This space, I mean, wasn't huge, but it was still pretty big. It had a full bar. There were people flipping burgers outside. It was just such a great, great event. And I was really glad to be able to duck off behind uh, behind the venue in the Old Blood area and just uh, catch up with people and decompress a little bit. It was so much fun. One thing I was most excited about was making some connections for an upcoming project I'm working on and have partially outlined. I don't want to talk about it too much because I can't imagine it'll be a thing for like, I was thinking maybe six months or longer, let's be honest, if ever. But I think I have a really great idea for something and I'm going to work to make it a reality. It's a story that I think needs to be told. And uh, I think it would be interesting to people outside of guitar nerdery. And I think it's a little bit hard to find those those kinds of stories. So that's all I'm going to say about it for now. Um, please keep in touch, I guess. Uh, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you're listening, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. Um, and also we are, we are on YouTube. I have a YouTube called Get Offset. You can subscribe to that stuff too. Um, speaking of which, I guess it's a good time to, to make the general spiel. Uh, if you like this podcast, then thank you so much. I really like you too. And if you like the podcast enough to want to support it, uh, check it out at patreon.com slash get offset. We have a few tiers, including the $5 level, which gets you access to our exclusive discord and the $10 level, which gets you that discord access um, and merch, so so I hear. <laughs> we also have merch at getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop. That's getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop. If I said that weird the first time, I don't know. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, I think you can leave a tip. I don't know. There's also, you know, again, the YouTube channel, all that stuff. But um, yeah, my, my December didn't really slow down when the effector market ended. Uh, I had to immediately finish learning two sets worth of songs for a three-show run with my friend Brittany Danielle, who asked me to, to play guitar for her. I love playing Brittany's songs. They're really fun. Um, I met Brittany when she was playing keyboards in the band I played bass in, Jerf, and it was uh, just magic getting to to hang out with her again. Um, that run of tours we did together with Jerf, uh, I don't think I could have done it 
without her and we we became really really tight there and i had gotten to play a song with her uh just after that run um a set <laughs> a show with her just after that run and it was great uh really really fun guitar work and yeah i love playing these songs but i mean i hadn't played the originals that i i'd already learned in over a year and she had new materials and covers I, I wasn't nearly prepared, but Friday early afternoon, I drove down to Tacoma with my Ventera 2 Jazzmaster, a little collection of guitar pedals. I had my Shure wireless unit and tuner. I had a Fwonk Beta, which I wasn't sure how that would work uh, with the wireless, but it ended up being fine. Um, I'm honestly blanking on the other pedals I use. I know there was a, uh, the special cranker, the Earthquaker special cranker. I forget what I use as my main drive, but I definitely use the the Eventide Riptide um, as well. Oh man! Oh right, that I use the the Haggard Audio uh, Lo-Fi Drive pedal, which I'd picked up in Portland back in March or April. Uh, time is an illusion. But I went to Hank's Music Exchange down there, and they had this little drive pedal for seventy bucks. And I said, you know what? That looks cool. I want it. I bought it. I finally got to play it. And it sounds sounds awesome. Um, yeah. So I also had my Line 6 Catalyst 100 amplifier, which I knew could survive rattling around in the bottom of an RV for a few days because it has done it before. Yeah. So, so round one, we loaded up the RV because we travel in style and made the trip south to Portland. Uh, we got to play this really cool little place called Kelly's Olympian, which I think is the oldest bar in Portland, something like that. It wasn't nearly as divey as I was expecting with such a uh, reputation, but it was really just a nice, clean bar, and the music was off in a separate room. It's good to have that kind of division so that if people want to, like, be chatty. They can go over and be chatty. If they want to watch the music, they can watch the music. My only complaint was that sometimes the bass would would hit just the right note, and some of the sconces on the wall would vibrate. Uh, it was it was kind of gross, but not everybody noticed it. I asked the guy who was playing bass for us that one night, Harry, if he could hear it, and he he couldn't. So maybe. Maybe he doesn't have that frequency anymore. Um, I don't know. Use hearing protection, kids. I did. Uh, so so after that show, and shout out to to Alex and his partner for stopping by ever so so briefly. Um, yeah, but after that, we loaded the RV back up, and we just drove straight to Astoria, Oregon. It, it was only about 90 minutes away. I talked to Chris Benson. He's like, you probably shouldn't park the RV in Portland overnight. And I said, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I thought we would just kind of end up in a Walmart parking lot or something. But we we made it all the way to Astoria uh, and just kind of parked near this, um, like near a couple of ho- nice, you know, holiday inn t- kind of hotels and this business park. So it was the weekend. We weren't going to be bothering anybody. We got to set up the generator. This pl- the area seemed really safe, uh, and we went to sleep. And everybody got their own bed in the RV, and it was nice, warm, cozy. I had brought my 
rumple blanket that I got when I was working live events because they were a sponsor once. And damn, I had never really used that thing, but I, I love it. I love that thing so much now. It was so cozy. Um, the next morning, the drummer and I woke up with the daylight. Uh, I can't say sunlight because it was already raining, but we decided to take a five-minute walk to get some coffee at this former cannery uh, off of a pier. Now that now it has like some some cute little shops, the Coffee Girl Coffee, and a little museum dedicated to the cannery. It was cute. We even got to see some sea lions palling around in the water. But uh, the weather that day, it was absolute ass. It rained the whole day and we really only had a break in the rain during load in. So most of the band just hung out and napped in the RV, which which was really, really nice. Um, you could hear the rain obviously on the RV hitting hitting it. And it was really calming, quite a nice little noise machine situation. Um, but at a point, I got up, I, I took a walk around Astoria in the rain, and I didn't realize how wet I'd gotten until I leaned over to look at something in a shop and water just like poured out of my, my beanie. It was really quite mortifying. Um, but the venue, it was called Xanadu. It's a gay bar. They had an amazing brunch and were really gener generous to us with food as performers. I personally would rather a venue that has food feed us as opposed to, to getting drink tickets. So we, we split a pizza and we also got the drink tickets. <laughs> um, the, the, again, the, the brunch though, that's where it's at. If you're ever in Astoria and you want a really good brunch, their biscuits and gravy were as good as anything I've, I've, I've had, at least in the Pacific Northwest. Um, but they had a lot. They had a lot going on. Uh, when I told the woman, who, the barista that morning who made our coffee that we were playing Xanadu, she said, oh, I was just there for bingo. And that night they had, well, during the day they had a jazz brunch. So there was a jazz uh, trio playing during brunch for a couple hours. And then from 6.30 to 9, it was it was karaoke. And there was a really, really good crowd for karaoke. Um, I was a little nervous, though, because the show was supposed to start at 9 and there was an opener. And since we couldn't backline before karaoke, he wanted the stage clear. I think that's understandable, but personally, I think I would have preferred uh, to set up Um we asked the opener, which was two guys who had acoustic guitars, if we could quickly load our gear on the stage. It took us 10 minutes, and we thought that they'd be ready to go pretty quickly. They had a pretty simple setup. So I stepped outside to call my husband and kept kind of poking my head in. And uh, these guys, they, they, they weren't playing, and, and people were leaving. So watching person after person leave as we waited for them to figure out why their DI boxes weren't working, not not really a lot of fun. With, you know, not even a lot of time before we were supposed to get on stage, uh, I offered to let them use my amp because it seemed like it was just one of their DI boxes that wasn't working. And they did. And they played one song and left the stage and we, we started roughly on time. Um, so as far as like a timing thing, 
it shouldn't have been a big deal. But the fact is, like, there was a full room and then people who wanted to stay just left was was really disappointing. Um, I felt bad for these guys, but I, I wish they'd called it earlier. If we'd been able to get music started, we probably could have turned out decent tip money. And frankly, we didn't really need the local opener. I think that maybe they had a few friends come out. But looking back, if we could have done things a little bit differently, um, I think what would have been better would have been to load the stage, check, sound check before karaoke, and just kind of push everything back. And then as soon as karaoke is over, we hit the stage, we play two sets, two 45-minute sets or whatever, and just try to keep people in the room and rely on them tipping us versus selling $5 tickets. I know we would have cleaned up um, comparatively. So you, you, learn, you learn things on these shows, guys, that having a ticketed system, especially when the band doesn't have a draw, uh, is not always the way to go. Sometimes you need to have free live music know you're going to do well in bar sales as the venue um, and know that you can ask for tips and maybe sell merch if you have it as as the band. The gig itself went better than the night before for me. Um, we had a lot of fun, as did the couple of people who, who stuck around, uh, including this couple who, who danced the whole time. And it was really sweet. Um, and I love to see that. It was just a bummer to watch people who were obviously interested in having a good time and who obviously enjoyed music uh, trickle, trickle out like that. So we loaded the RV back up. We parked again in Astoria, the same place, and cut coffee the next morning at the same place. The rain had let up and we had time to kill. So we walked a bike path along the water. That's the, the mouth of the Columbia River, if you're curious. We got to see this big group of sea lions that we've been listening to for the past uh, 24 hours. There were a ton of them, a couple dozen uh, standing. um, They were all on kind of this pier and us standing between them on their pier in a row of buildings behind us on the bike trail. You could hear their their yelps echoing. Uh, it was really, really cool. And at the same time, I absolutely did not want to get any closer. Um, I think that seals are the docile ones and sea lions. I feel like they can get kind of mean, but they're also enormous. <laughs> uh, you could see how big they were, uh, even when they were really, really far away. After that, we we walked back to the RV and we drove up north to Chihalis, uh, to play a little bar with a professionally installed sound system. It was quite, quite the setup. Um, but the room was really narrow and the PA and our amps traveled maybe 10 feet before bouncing back to us off of a brick wall. And we had wedge monitors that the, the venue couldn't really figure out. Um, how to not make them just painfully loud. I ended the show with a really nasty headache, uh, but it was my best show of the weekend. And wouldn't you know it, as soon as I really felt like I was getting everything down, it it was time to call it and go home. We drove straight back to Tacoma. 
we were in Tacoma by like nine because the, sh- the show was like an, a late afternoon show. And uh, I was back home by like 10, 10 30 at the latest. Really loved being able to sleep in my bed. Um, but man, I had such a bad headache driving back. And <laughs> I think I pulled in and uh, my husband met me outside. I was like, I just really want to go inside. Can I please just, can you help me? And uh, he is a wonderful person and he unloaded my gear for me and I got to shower. I got to play with a cat. I got to go to bed. Um, and it was, it was great. I, I can't wait to do it again. I really love, love playing music. I had a blast. I mean, playing music live is, is a gift and I don't mean it's a gift that I'm giving. It's, it's also a gift that I, I receive. It's work. I did a lot of work, but uh, I feel so lucky when I get to play shows like that. I'm really thankful that Brittany hit me up. Again, her name is Brittany Danielle. Please check her out. And I'm extremely appreciative of the venues and folks who who came out, especially when the weather was ass. <laughs> uh, man, I love bigger shows, but there is something special about playing to these small towns, especially in, in their off-season. Folks are so hungry for and appreciative of live music since they they don't get it all the time seeing people have a good time at your show man that's that's the shit well enough about me thank you so much for for checking out this episode i'll get back into the gear news and stuff of it soon i promise but to everybody out there thanks for listening thanks for understanding until next time my name is emily goodbye